Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello, hello everyone. This is Suzanne Knabenikol from Police Science Doctor with your weekly dose of police science snippets. In fact, it's Police Science Snippets 97 this week. I've been doing this for 97 weeks on the trot without a break. Before I get to the snippets of this week and also to ex before I explain what they actually are, just a very timely reminder that you only have today left to register for this fantastic conference, this very first of its kind, where the Global Societies of Evidence-Based Policing get together to deliver a 24-hour broadcast, a 24-hour broadcast from TV studios in New Zealand and in London for law enforcement and academia, criminologists, analysts, um, military folk around the world. So I've got the speakers here. Unfortunately, this image doesn't have a background, but if I move around, maybe you can see everybody's name in turn. And um, so a fantastic lineup, as you can see, and um, really people that you should be listening to. And there's going to be practitioners and researchers also reporting on the latest research findings in terms of, you know, double crewing versus single crewing, how to train investigators of serious sexual offenses, how to increase victim satisfaction when they're reporting something to police online, how to deal with corruption in policing, and very, very many other topics that are really worth your time. So you register either as an individual or as an organization. If your organization has already registered, you've got free access and you'll be able to watch all the content for six months after the conference as well. If you haven't registered yet, please do so. Just go to globalebpconference.com. That's globalebpconference.com. And this whole event is starting on the 12th of October. So very, very close. Now, back to the police science snippets. Every week, I select three bits of research that I think are applicable to law enforcement around the world. The problem with research is that, first of all, it's... Um, mainly um, it's published by academics, but it's mainly read by academics. So that's something that Police Science Doctor is trying to change. I'm trying to bring the research content to you because you're the ones that actually need to be using it. And the other issue is that it's not accessible. So that's unfortunately something I can't do anything about. The snippets that I, I present to you today in this live broadcast, which I do every week, I also email them out every Tuesday to people on the Police Science Doctor email list. This is a free list that you can subscribe to and you will get these snippets emailed to you every Tuesday with a link to the original research. You can see the abstract page, what the research is about and what the main findings are, um, but then it depends on whether the, the actual article and the full research is behind a subscription wall or not. But hopefully what, what I try to extract from there is the gist of it so that at least you know, oh, there's something there. Let's look at this further if, um, if it's relevant to you and see if you can somehow get yourself access to that. Now, these snippets are also quite practical because much research is either very, very specific or very abstract. So I try to extract and find and present three that I think may be of use to you. The first snippet of this week is about revenge porn. There is a relationship between perpetration and victimization when it comes to revenge porn. Being a victim of intimate images distribution without consent, i.e. revenge porn, is a predictor of also being a perpetrator of this. Women, those in the LGBT community, as well as those with sadistic tendencies and narcissistic tendencies, 
narcissistic tendencies, and those who have committed revenge porn in the past are more likely to become victims of revenge porn. So that that is something I wasn't aware of, that there's a there's the relationship between victimization and perpetration. So, you know, when you speak to your victims and your suspects, make sure you ask them about the other side of the coin as well, if they've ever been, um, you know, if they've been a victim, if they're a perpetrator and the other way around. The second police science snippet for today is about fatal police force and crime reporting. Um, I had a snippet a few weeks ago, I think, about the fact that homicides go up in areas where there has been a fatal controversial shooting, um, potentially because of of a trust in police, but also potentially because of what I'm about to read out now. Neighborhood crime reporting decreases following fatal police use of force incidents. Predominantly Hispanic neighborhoods experience greater declines in crime reporting compared to predominantly white neighborhoods. Neighborhoods characterized by high levels of concentrated disadvantaged also disadvantages also experienced greater reductions in crime reporting compared to their more advantaged counterparts. Okay, so perhaps if the communities stop reporting the smaller things, they they can no longer prevent the um, bigger things like homicides. So these two articles, um, this one and the one I presented a while ago, seem to be related. And the third snippet for this week is about school dropouts and violent victimization. This study shows that dropping out of school leads to the perpetuation of violent victimization, primarily due to a change in the opportunity structure associated with risky lifestyles and routine activities. So obviously, if a youngster is prevented from going into school because, according to the teachers, they, they were you know too much trouble, and I can understand that because I've got a lot of other students to try and focus on, but um, dropping out and exclusions are really, really bad, um, you know, and they're very strong predictors for the young person to become involved in delinquency. So because if they're not going to go um, to school, they, they their opportunity structure, as it's worded here, changes. So, you know, so and the routine activities and risky lifestyle as well, basically what they're going to get up to, unless they're just going to lock themselves in the room, and play video games all day, which is also an option, is they're going to go out and mingle with others who are also not allowed to go to school and um, who might be up to no good, and they'll find things to keep them occupied. And these things are probably not going to be very productive and um, life-affirming things. So these are the three snippets for this week. I hope you found them useful. And again, don't forget to register here last day um, that you can do so. Um, exceptional policing, the evidence-based way. So again, um, I'm a media partner. This is going to be a massive event. It's TV broadcasting over 24 hours from two different continents for everyone around the world. So I hope this is, um, you found something of interest today. I hope to see you at the conference and I'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps, and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address, and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.